A new book tells the stories of some of the most influential women in the tech industry. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Julian Guthrie, journalist and author. Welcome, Julian. Thank you. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Give us a, a brief summary of your background, especially as it relates to your involvement in the tech industry. So I am a word geek for sure. I was that kid who loved to actually read the dictionary and try to find words that I didn't know. A little strange, yes, but I kind of turned that word geek into a career in journalism and where I was at the San Francisco Chronicle for 20 years and then the author of what is now my fourth nonfiction book, which is Alpha Girls, which brings us here. I have always been intrigued um, and captivated, if you will, by kind of a combination of two things. One, underdog stories. I think I consider myself one. Maybe we all have a little bit of that in ourselves and also technological innovation. So my books really look at both, kind of the, the best of the human spirit, this underdog element, and then some you know, really stunning, really significant um, technological development or breakthrough. You mentioned your latest book, uh, which is a, it's a great read, um, Alpha Girls, The Women Upstarts Who Took on Silicon Valley's Male Culture and Made the Deals of a Lifetime. It just hit the shelves. Um, I've got it on Audible. It's, it's a great uh, listen. It's also a great read. But what motivated you for this story? What, what motivated you to write the book? Well, journalists are always looking for untold stories, stories full of drama, full of impact. Again, stories that really haven't been told. And miraculously, um, and really in a kind of unfortunate way, you know, these stories of these extraordinary women who helped shape the tech landscape as we know it today, they have not been told. They were largely written out of history, as is the case with too many innovative women. I was on tour for my last book, which was How to Make a Spaceship, and there were mostly men in the crowds. There were entrepreneurs and engineers and rocket scientists, and I looked out and there were so few women. And I said, where are all the women in these really dynamic fields? that are shaping the future, that are doing some of the coolest things out there, and you know, where there's also a chance to make a lot of money, which is you know, a great equalizer for women. So I started zeroing in on tech uh, in Silicon Valley in my backyard, and then even further into venture capital. And I wanted to look at this world of venture capital as having this outsized influence, but little understood, these people who really uh, in, invest in and mentor these companies that um, impact how we all live from the medical devices we may one day need to how we communicate to what we drive. Uh, and I happened upon a fact that 94% of all venture capitalists who write the checks are men. And I thought, wow, what does that mean to our world when you have men writing checks to men basically who look like themselves? And that also made me think there's 6% of women who succeeded. So who are those women? Who are the 6%? And what does the world look like to them? And, and just to kind of follow their narrative journeys and find out their backstories and their dreams and goals and their heartbreak and when they were broadsided and, and how they succeeded in a male-dominated industry. It reads like fiction, but as you mentioned, Alpha Girls is the real life story of four women deeply involved in the tech industry. So talk about who they are. Who are they? And what was it about their individual stories that 
makes for such an interesting read? I love these women and they're amazing characters. This is a true story. This is journalism, but they, I look at them as characters in terms of their narrative journeys and their ups and downs. Um, so there are four primary, primary women, as you mentioned. One is Magdalena Yashil, who came from Istanbul, Turkey, with $43 and nine gold bracelets to her name, knowing no one, goes on to become a phenomenally successful serial entrepreneur. But before that, she graduated uh, electrical engineering, Stanford. Again, coming here knowing no one, having $43, she goes on to help uh, Mark Benioff uh, start, build, save a little company called Salesforce.com. Uh, she was really key to that from idea through IPO. She, I think, is on her fourth or fifth um, startup at this moment. So she's unrelenting, fascinating, a lot of fun lively kind of um, jump off the page character. There's Sonia Howell Perkins, who I call kind of the Southern Belle uh, from Charlottesville, Virginia, who comes West and lands her dream job at Menlo Ventures, helps finance and mentor and build some of the companies that really made the internet safer and faster. There's Meg, there is uh, MJ Elmore, who is from the Midwest, who one of my favorite scenes with her, which you've already gotten to in the book, it opens the book, is when she drives west from Indiana in this old Ford Pinto, and she can see actually Sand Hill Road rushing by the rusted out floorboards of her car. She becomes one of the first women in history to make partner at a venture firm. And then there's the extraordinary Teresa Gao, who comes from kind of this blue collar town, upstate New York. Her parents had immigrated from uh, Jakarta, Indonesia for the better, proverbial better life. Teresa, um, you know, is definitely an underdog. All of these women are actually, and she makes it to Brown, magna cum laude, super driven. She gets to Stanford, MBA. She is involved in this really fun, kind of crazy, semi-failed startup, and then she joins Excel Partners, a big venture firm in uh, in Silicon Valley, and goes on this journey that is remarkable, both personal and professional, and chases deals from Facebook to, you know, the first company to bring real estate online, Trulia, to um, some of the world's top cybersecurity companies today. So, but it's not just about their successes as you're reading or learning when the, with the book. It's really about how women juggle all that they do and what happens when you get married or have a partner and then you have kids and you're dealing with aging parents and you're working in this industry where it's all men. And the men typically in this industry, let's say they don't have a working spouse. So there are all of these issues that come up about say the unequal distribution of unpaid work, all of the work at home, how women hold themselves back or pull themselves back from the glass ceiling. So it became a very deeply personal story as well. So speaking of juggling, you know, it's interesting that we probably can all put ourselves in the situations of some of these women who have, you know, juggled their own situations and their own careers. You know, one of the juggling situations that um, I found kind of interesting is you mentioned Magdalena um, Yashil. Why wasn't she there when Mark Vinoff rang the stock exchange bell? So that's a great story that you landed on, actually. So because Magdalena, you know, she was there when Mark Benioff first, you know, approached her, 
with, she was a, a venture capitalist at the time. He was at Oracle. He was thinking about starting his company that becomes Salesforce. And he said, you know, should I do it and can I do it? And can, you know, software, my idea is the software should be sold kind of by the drink, pay as you go service. And she said, yes and yes, I will help you. And I will help you hire. And yes, you can absolutely do this. And so she was super instrumental, as I said, and actually came up with this idea to save the company in the dot-com crash when they were, Salesforce was running out of money fast. So in 2005, when Salesforce went public, you know, Mark Benioff, of course, he wanted Magdalena there. They went public on the New York Stock Exchange. Magdalena said that um, one of her sons was sick and she wouldn't make it. And to this day, Magdalena, who does not have a lot of regrets, that is one where she, you know, she says that to this day, she can't remember which son was sick. She should have asked someone else. She should have asked her husband. She should have asked somebody else in her life to be there. An IPO only happens once. She had earned that day. And there, it, her conclusion is, and it's one of the messages of the book as well, you don't have to be there every minute for your family. Sometimes your career should take center stage. You know, Again, I think we all have experiences, as certainly as, as females in, in, in tech or in any industry where we were a minority. Um, and, and, and certainly diversity is important in all aspects. You know, it's been my experience in conducting lots of interviews over many years and that it is very challenging to sometimes get women to tell their stories. How, how did you get these women to talk to you? How, how hard was it? To, to get these women to just share their experiences, both the upside and maybe some of the challenges that they have. Well, it's interesting because I have interviewed some of the male titans of industry. You know, I spent a year interviewing Larry Ellison for my second book, The Billionaire and the Mechanic, How to Make a Spaceship. You know, I spent a lot of time interviewing the very wonderful, uh, very generous Peter Diamandis, who founded the X Prize and really launched the private race to space. But I've also interviewed, you know, I interviewed Elon Musk and Richard Branson and with men, it seems to be the case where they're more open to sharing their vulnerabilities because it kind of rounds them out in a way. And because they're already in these positions of power, places of power, so it's okay to be vulnerable. It's actually maybe um, commendable for men to show that. But for these women who are still working in the industry today, they had to wear these Teflon suits, they had to be unflappable, they had to be impervious, they had to just, you know, soldier on, so to speak. They had to be have pretty thick skin. So asking them to share, what are your regrets? When were you hurt? When did the men around you uh, let you down? When did they betray you? Uh, what happens when, say with Sonia Perkins, who's an amazing story, an amazing woman who's doing great things in the industry today. But what happens when you're diagnosed with very aggressive breast cancer at the same time you're adopting a baby girl? What happens when you're dealing with those things, not knowing your future, what it holds, if at all, and you go back to your um, daily job and you're sitting at the table with all men, as is had been the case, but the world has changed for you. You're looking around thinking, you know, I'm grappling with these very typically female um, life challenges, the beauty of adopting a baby, but also um, 
you don't know whether you're going to make it or not out of this you know, with this very aggressive cancer. So she started looking at the world differently. So it deals with all of those things. And I really had to work with the women, all of them, to convince them that their personal lives and their failings and their regrets uh, were all so important to this story. And I think that's one of the things that sets this book apart. It's not just a how to you know, become a trailblazer. While it has those takeaways, it's really a very, as you said, novelistic story in terms of the details and, and the different lives and the journeys that they go on. But it was really, it was the hardest part of the book. You and I talked about this. It's really hard not to internalize some of this and to really uh, take it personal, like have be personally impacted, especially being female in business. What was the biggest lesson that you learned or what was your personal takeaway in the process of writing Alpha Girls? This book changed me more than any uh, book that I've written, certainly, and maybe any story, you know, over my career, which says a lot because I've written thousands of stories. Uh, I was a journalist for 20 years. Um, but this story changed me in profound ways. And that is it opened my eyes to the reality of women today and how progress has really sadly stalled when it comes to getting women in top management positions, you know, across industries. And this book really speaks to women across industries. It's not, especially in, in male dominated industries. Um, but, you know, you look across industries and, and you look at the, the rate of top managers between five and 20% uh, are women and that's it. And, you know, you look at women on corporate boards, you look at women in, you know, in, whether, it's, whether it's tech, Silicon Valley, which I wrote about, whether it's building or architecture or law or medicine um, or sports or entertainment even, you know, there's the pay gap, there are these inequities and there's just these disparities. So that was a huge eye opener for me. As a journalist, I had been very privileged to be in what felt like very much a meritocracy where I didn't have these barriers that were very, very real and very based on gender. So I feel like it opened my eyes in powerful and wonderful ways that I'm grateful for. And I feel a sense of responsibility um, and passion just to tell this story and to be a part of this effort and this need for change. I feel really passionate about this story. Julian Guthrie, journalist and author of Alpha Girls, the women upstarts who took on Silicon Valley's male culture and made the deals of a lifetime. If somebody wants to connect with you, Julian, or maybe they just want to get a copy of your book, how can they do that? So they can connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or elsewhere. And also, I just wanted to add, fun, add one fun thing, and that is that Alpha Girls is being adapted for a television series by a woman who is an Academy Award winning producer. So that's pretty exciting as well. But LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me and um, read the book first, and then the television series will be next. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to see it now. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. And if you guys want to connect with me, you can. You can go right here or go to my website, tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.